In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to talk about change, as Pastor mentioned in the children's message. And we're going to talk about change because today we're looking at the transfiguration. Thank you. And that's essentially what transfiguration means, to change, or more specifically, to change figures. And that's the only way I can remember the definition for this because you can see figure in transfiguration. And that's what we see today. Jesus changing his figure. He was a man, a man in appearance, and then suddenly today we see him change into something else. Now he looks like God. He looks like he just got out of heaven. But I want to talk about change today because I think in this story we see more than just one kind of change. And I think we see more about change in general, change in our lives now and eternally. And today, Pastor already mentioned, but in case you didn't notice and you weren't listening, we got a big change in front of us. We're all sitting on new chairs. And I think they're pretty comfy, right? This is a pretty good kind of change, something we all wanted. And I don't know how you process change. Some people just cringe at the word change. And so I think it's conceivable someone might not like the new chairs because they were so attached to their other chairs, but only conceivable because I think everyone's pretty happy. I've only heard good things. But what if we're talking about something even bigger, bigger than just the chairs you're sitting on? How about this? How many of you have lived in Colorado your whole life? Raise your hand, not me. Okay. So just a few. Now, how many of you, keep your hands up, if you've had the same job or the same career your entire life? One person. Okay. Well, you've lived in Colorado your whole life too? No. Okay. (laughs) So we've all gone through some big life changes. I mean, moving to a new place, getting a new job, they're big changes, right? And if I had to guess, I think, again, you would say it's a good change, right? Colorado's a pretty good state. Castle Rock is a nice area. If you're changing jobs, it usually means you're moving up or you're finding a better fit. But at the same time, I think that change generally comes with a certain amount of stress. Who would want to move every month? There are tons of little details, tons of things you need to set up, a certain amount of stress about meeting your new neighbors, being in an uneasy place. And the same thing is true with jobs. How does it feel to be the new guy, to be learning all the new things? I think that change on a certain level is usually tough. It comes with its own amount of stress, especially if it's a bigger change. And today, we see a very big change. We see Jesus change his figure entirely. We have the transfiguration. And the disciples got a front row seat. This is how it starts. About eight days after Jesus had said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him, and he went up onto a mountain to pray. So this is the scene. Jesus is on a mountain. He's praying, and this is not the big change. Prayer was a big part of Jesus' ministry. It was a lot of what he did. And we see here, he would even go to a mountain, a special place, just to pray. And I wish I could say that was the intention the last time I went on a hike. It wasn't. But Jesus went all the way on a mountain just so he could pray, so he could spend time with his father. And he takes with him three special people, Peter, James, and John. And if you remember, these are the same disciples he took into the Garden of Gethsemane. These were people important to him, people who were close, and I think he did this for a reason. Something big was about to happen. They're about to see this big change, 
And so he takes people who are close to him, people he thinks might understand what's about to happen, and then it happens. Second verse, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. The transfiguration. Here it is. Jesus, suddenly, he was a man, one moment praying to his father, and the next moment, his face shone like the sun. His clothes appeared like lightning. Imagine if I was wearing a flashy jumpsuit right now. He's transfigured. The whole thing has changed right in front of their eyes. And on top of all that, he's speaking with Moses and Elijah, two heroes of the Old Testament, two people um, the Jewish people would look up to. Jesus went from appearance as a man, and he changed completely. He's glorious. This is the transfiguration. This is what we want to focus on today. But every time I hear this account, and I think about the transfiguration, two things pop into my mind. First, how in the world did Peter, James, and John recognize Moses and Elijah? I really want to know this. They were dead over a thousand years. How did they know these were the guys? Unless it actually looks something like this. There's Jesus, and Moses was holding the Ten Commandments. That would be a dead giveaway. I think they could get that. And maybe Elijah was holding that little piece of bread from the widow of Zarephath that we learned about last week. And then they could tell. But it doesn't say that happened. So somehow they recognize him. And the second thing is what exactly did Jesus look like? I think today that God is giving us a glimpse into heaven. And he tries to explain exactly what that looks like to the disciples. But for some reason, every time I hear about this, I never think I get the fullest picture. How can I actually understand what heaven looks like? How can I understand that glory? It's something I've never seen. And so it makes me wonder, should I be asking myself a different question? I don't think I can put myself on that mountain. But maybe I ask myself, what would this kind of change, going from something earthly to seeing something heavenly, feel like? And to me, it might be better to ask myself, what would it be like to make that kind of shift? The first thing that comes to my mind is movies. This concept of change, someone going from something and completely changing their lives into something else is a common theme in movies. And I think of the movie Like Mike. If you don't know the story, it's about a little boy who loves basketball. He dreams about meeting these famous players. And then one day he finds some shoes. He puts them on and suddenly he's like Mike. Like Michael Jordan, he's got all these basketball skills and suddenly he's on a new level, right? He's way down here and this big life change happens. He's talking to people he's always dreamed about meeting. And so for me, what would that feel like? If you like sports, what would it feel like if tomorrow you woke up with all of those skills and abilities? Someone calls you up and say, hey, you want to play some pickup ball with LeBron James? Or maybe you want to catch some passes from Tom Brady? Try to imagine what that feels like. I think that would be life-changing, right? Or maybe it's a celebrity. Maybe it's Bradley Cooper or that guy who plays in Bohemian Rhapsody. What if they called you up and said, hey, we're having lunch tomorrow? You're used to operating right here, and now all of a sudden you'll be in another social circle. What would you even say to these people? What would it be like to experience this kind of change? And for me, all of this came together right before I started high school, actually. I was asked 
to help with a celebrity baseball game. And if you know me, I'm not big on baseball, but it was a celebrity game where they're just going to raise money, play some baseball, and so I said, yes, I'll definitely help with that. And they assigned me to the dugout, which was awesome, except for one thing. I had no idea what I was going to say to all of these famous people. And remember, I'm like in eighth grade here. But they helped me out. They tried to save me. They said, you can't talk to anyone unless they talk to you, so I can't go around getting autographs. But if they do talk to you or they do need some help, definitely say something, definitely respond, be a normal person. So I said, okay, I got it. Nothing's going to happen. But then I found myself sitting right next to a certain Dallas Cowboys player called Jason. And everything was going well until he started eating sunflower seeds. And eventually I noticed that he had one caught on his lip and he had no idea it was there. So now I got a problem. What do I do? And then he stands up to take the field. And I'm thinking, shoot. I'm not supposed to say anything to this guy, but he really needs my help. And on top of all of this, how do I talk to a Dallas Cowboys player? And so me and my eighth grade self, I went for it. I couldn't look at him because this guy's like four times my size. So I stood there and I said, oh, man, uh, Jason, you got, you got a sunflower seed on your lip. Nailed it. And he looks at me and says, oh, thanks, man, and takes the field. <laughs> My one chance to be cool, I had license to talk to this guy, and I totally blew it. And that wasn't even a normal conversation. And I still think if I were to meet someone, a dream about meeting, someone who I look up to, what exactly would I say? And I think this is right where the disciples were at. They see Jesus change figure. They see Moses and Elijah, people they've looked up to, and I think they're experiencing that. Being on one level and all of a sudden all the rules seem to change. We're on this new level. Our eyes are being opened into heaven and this is what we see. Peter said to him, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. He thought, what do I do? This change is awesome. Let's just stay here. And so he mumbles this. So why are we talking about this kind of change? Why are we concerned with going from something here on earth to getting a glimpse of heaven? And I think it's this. Today, God wants to tell us that change with him is good. And the first thing he does is he points us to our destination. He points us to the end, the place we want to be. Jesus was transformed. All of a sudden, you see his glory, and that is something we all want, right? We're looking forward to heaven, and today we're looking at this because we're about to change our focus. We're about to walk into Lent, a season where we focus on our sin, a season where we focus on Jesus' suffering as he goes to the cross. And today Jesus wants to tell us this, don't lose sight of the destination. Today he's talking to his disciples and saying, even though I'm about to suffer and about to die, don't lose sight of why. Because I will be glorified. And today he tells us, when we're about to walk into Lent, don't lose sight of why we're focusing on this suffering. Why we focus on our sin, because we look forward to Easter. We look forward to that day when Jesus was glorified. We look forward to the day when we too will be glorified. Today at the Transfiguration, Jesus points us to that glorious ending. 
but we will be at home with him in heaven. Again, something we have a hard time getting a good picture of in our mind, but something, a change that we will know is good, something we look forward to. But today, in the account of the transfiguration, I think Jesus is also telling us something else. Not only does he tell us to look at this destination, but he also tells us to look at our journey. There's another piece to change. And it's something we see about change in general as we view our lives. Maybe it's moving. Maybe it's going to a new, new job. I think you see it best in a diet. A diet is a change for most people, right? It's a change they decide to bring into their life. And what does that entail? Ask anyone who's doing a diet. I think it comes with its own challenges. You're giving something up, right? Change is tough. It comes with a loss. Someone on a diet is going to give up food they would normally like to eat, which is probably why I don't go on many diets. And on top of that, they might be eating some things they don't like to eat. They might feel uneasy at times. A diet is tough. Or maybe a better example is what we're sitting in right now. Not just the chairs, but look at the building around us. A good change, right? Most of us would rather be worshiping here than in a tire shop, unless you're a mechanic. But we all think this is a good change, right? And I only got here at the end, but I think if you look at the journey that we went through to get to this church, I think you would see a lot of sacrifice. People who gave up time, people who gave generous gifts of money, the uncertainty of what the future would hold, postponing this journey, all the stress people brought on themselves. And when you keep looking at change, even if it's good change, even if you have your eyes on the destination, you can't help but see the journey. And most of the time when I read the story of the transfiguration, I miss this part, that Jesus points us to the journey, to how this glorious change that leaves us speechless comes about. And we see it right in the middle. Verse 31, they spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Jesus is up on top of a mountain. He's speaking with Moses and Elijah. That's the day. And what does he choose to, think about, to speak about? His departure. The suffering and death he would have to endure to bring this kind of change about. Now, I've already been through that I don't know what I would say to celebrities, to people I look up to, and I certainly wouldn't know what to say to Moses and Elijah, but I think I do have a short list of things I would never really bring up. First, sunflower seeds on your lip. Second, death. And the third, suffering. But that's just what Jesus talks about with them. And what is he doing? He's focusing us on his journey. And the more you look at it, the more you see that this was on Jesus' mind. If you look at Luke as a whole, right before this account, Jesus predicts his death to his disciples. And right after, he does the same thing. He needs to tell them what he's here to do. To die on a cross, to give us the forgiveness of sins. To die on a cross to bring about an eternal change. And this makes me wonder why he went up on the mountain to pray. What exactly was he praying about? I can only imagine that his death came to mind. And again, why does God take this opportunity to speak from that cloud? We don't hear God's voice much in the New Testament, but here we see it. 
This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. And what was God trying to say? He was saying, Jesus has a message. Jesus isn't lying to you. He has to suffer and die. He was speaking for his disciples. He was speaking for us. The disciples didn't understand. We read it many times. They didn't understand why Jesus had to die. It was part of his journey, and God tells us change is good, but how can death be good? It doesn't make sense to us, right? God calls it the foolishness of God, how Jesus' death means our salvation. Jesus is pointing us to his journey, and he says it is good. And I think that makes us think about our journey. We know our destination. We know what's coming. We want that glory that we see here today. But how do we get there? What is the path God has put us on? For Jesus, it meant suffering and death. And what does it mean for us? Because of our faith, because we look forward to heavenly glory, I think our journey can be filled with opposition. People around us, people we work with, maybe your friends or even your family, who don't understand this faith, who don't understand what you look forward to and might oppose you. Your journey might be filled with suffering. You know what God promises and how are you going to deal with that? You see people around you getting sick. You see people around you passing away. You see your own suffering. Or maybe your journey is filled with sin. Sin inside you. Sin that you deal with because of your faith. Sin you didn't realize until God pointed it out. Until your conscience started bugging you. When you look at your journey, you might be thinking, this is tough. This is hard. With change comes challenge. But that isn't why God wants us to focus on our journey. He wants us to see these things but then he wants us to tell us something special. He wants to tell us that his change has already begun. When we look at this transfiguration, what do we realize? When the Holy Spirit came to us and worked faith in our hearts, he made us a new person. He transformed our lives and he begun a change that he continues to work out today. When you look at your journey, you see that God is shaping you. These trials, the things that you deal with, the challenges in your life are shaping you. God gives you a conscience, not just so you feel guilty all the time, but to guide you, to point you back to him. God gives you hard times, suffering, trials. And why? So that you fall back into his loving arms. God changes your attitude so that you don't rely on yourself, but so that you rely on him. Your journey is shaping you, changing you into the person God wants you to be. And finally, God puts people in your life that shape you. God puts people in your life who are brave enough to tell you what God has to say, to show you a Savior who completed his journey, who died on the cross to take away your sin. God gives you people in your life who shape you and change you into the person God wants you to be. So today, we look at the transfiguration. We see change We've learned about change in general and why. God tells us something about change. God tells us that with him, change in your life is good. He points you to your journey. 
not just so that you can see how tough it is, but so that you can see he's shaping you. He's changing you into the person he wants you to be, and he points you to that destination. One for you by Jesus' life, that glorious end that we all look forward to, that we should never lose sight of. And when we understand this change, change in our life, not just a destination, but also a journey, then God calls us to do something special. When we understand what change in our life is, God calls us to change someone else's life. God calls us to be the person, to share God's love with another person. God calls us to tell someone else about Jesus' forgiveness because with God, change is good. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, Son and Holy Spirit, thank you for giving us this special moment. Thank you for recording it so that we may see that heavenly glory and never lose sight of the destination. And please also help us. Help us on our journey. Continue to change in us our hearts and continue to point us back to you, your love, and your amazing path. Thank you for everything you give us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.